Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. I want to speak to you today about breakthrough. Breakthrough. I believe we need a breakthrough not only in our, in our just personal lives, but in the church as a whole. Across the, God is moving right now, I believe, like never before. And, you know, I've been saved since I was 12 years of age, and I'm 56, so what's that, 44 years? And I've heard that every year. God's moving, God's moving. But I want to tell you something. God is moving. We are, we are wrapping this thing up. There's no time to play games. Because the church has been playing games, the devil's been playing for keeps. It's time we get serious about a relationship with God. It's time we get serious about inviting people to church, telling people about Christ, the difference that he's made. And if you're stuck in a rut, and we all have been before, and life may not be going according to your plan, then you need a personal breakthrough. And a breakthrough is something that changes the course of your life. It ensures things will never be the same again. How many here has ever gone through a breakthrough before? You've experienced it. I have. It's, it's amazing. And what breakthrough generally requires is for you to have the courage and the bravery to stop settling for second best. We settle. We are, we are known as believers and Christians to settle. Think about this. Everything you need in life, your life already exists. Everything you'll ever have need of. Here's the problem. Our mind blocks us from seeing the tools that we need to catapult our life into that direction of a breakthrough. Have you ever gone through something so difficult that it would just be easier? It seemed like it'd just be easier to quit. Remember, you know, they have a thing at the Navy SEALs, those that are becoming Navy SEALs, that, uh, those candidates, and they put them through rigorous training and they put a bell on the beach. And anytime you want to quit, all you got to do is ring the bell. They call it the quit options. You have an option to quit if it just gets too tough. There are things in life, I promise you, gets too tough. Seems like it's too tough. I'll just quit. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it talks about a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to be born, and a time to die. But it doesn't talk about a time to quit. Quit is not in the Word. Quit's not there. There's not a quit option on the inside of you. So we need to experience breakthrough. Experience, listen, breakthrough is something that we've all believed God for or will be believing God for. And what I want to do is just give you three quick options or three quick keys to a breakthrough. Because you may be in the right place and you might be in the right church, but if you're not on the right page, it's impossible to experience what I'm talking about. You can leave this service fulfilled or frustrated. It's up to you. Here's what it is. It's all tied to your expectation of what breakthrough actually brings. Write this down. Frustration is the result of a failed expectation. I'll say it again. Frustration is the result of a failed expectation. Because you don't get frustrated by something you didn't expect. Come on. 
I expected this to happen and it didn't. Now I'm frustrated. So it's important to be on the same page when it comes to understanding breakthrough. We've got to be on the same page. First, we need to understand the definition of breakthrough. Here's the definition of breakthrough. Breakthrough is a sudden, dramatic advancement or development in your life. That's what a breakthrough is. A sudden, dramatic advancement or development in your life. And listen to this. It can happen that quick. It can happen instantaneously. It can happen without forewarning. It can happen without God giving you any indication that He's about to intervene in the affairs of your life. It's sudden. It's dramatic. It's glorious. Because when God expresses Himself in a way that is undeniably God, that's glory. And glory always leaves evidence. Come on. Jesus told his disciples that Lazarus' sickness would what? Not end in death. But unto what? The glory of God. When a man gets resurrected from the dead, you can't dispute that's divine intervention. It's dramatic. Here's a key component. If I don't first develop inwardly, I won't move outwardly. Now, watch this. Because you always move in here in your mind before you ever begin to move out there. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to pray. As they're on their way to pray to the temple courts, they walk by a specific gate. You all probably read this chapter. It's the gate called what? Beautiful, that's right. And they see a man there that has been, says, and we're going to read it here. Go to Acts chapter 3, verse 1 and 3 through 3 that has been lame since birth. Now, I want you to see this. This man's been there, and he's been lame since birth. Acts 3, verse 1. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame, everybody say lame, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms or to ask for money from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for money. Why? Because that's what he always did. He always asked for alms. The scripture talks about, points out the fact that the man has been lame since when? Birth. Birth. So, here's why that's important. There has never been any other season or time and this he life that he hasn't dealt with this issue. He knows no other way of life than being lame. And so because he's been unexposed to the possibility of walking, he doesn't know that walking is even a possibility. So instead, he's, instead of asking for healing, he's asking for money. That's kind of what's unsaid here. Listen, if all you've ever known your entire life is lameness, your desire to walk isn't even a thought. You're, you're, listen, you're just, you're just in survival mode. And that's what a lot of the church is today. They don't even think it's possible. I just, I just want to survive until Jesus comes back. But God wants more for us than that. Think about this, church. Some of us settle for a secondary miracle other than a creative miracle that God wants to give you. 
Well, pastor, I just, I, you know, I just want my needs met. But listen, God wants to bless you above that. You know why? Not so you can you know, have a big, nice house or a nice car. God, God doesn't care if you have that. But that's not why. So you can be a blessing to others. Well, I just want to feel better. Well, listen, God wants to completely heal you. Don't settle for secondary. You can be blamed for so long that you don't think walking is even a possibility. Listen, your prayer life is an indication in your belief of possibilities. There are some things you're not asking God for because you've been lame in that area for so long, you don't see any possibility of change. I won't even ask. Come on, I've been there. He's lame. He can't move. Time is moving, but he's not. Everybody around him, his friends are moving, but he's not. All of us in one area or another in our life knows what it feels like to be this man, to be lame. We want our mind to move. We want our relationships to move. We want our marriages to move, our ministries to move, our careers to move. We know what it feels like to suffer from lameness. But do we know how to get out of it? Do we know how to experience breakthrough? See, he won't move. He can't move. So what has has to happen? He has to be carried. Hear this. Hear this. Other people, that means other people, have to bear the burden of his immobility. The Bible says he gets carried to the temple gate when? Every day. Every day. Every day. The boy gets carried. Every day. It's the eastern gate that led from the court of the Gentiles to the court of the women. It was called gate, the gate called beautiful. The gates were gold. And so here he is, watch this, at a beautiful place with an ugly problem. Whew, that gives me chill bumps and this hot sweater on this stage of the lights. Beautiful place, ugly problem. How ironic is it that he's at a place called beautiful with an ugly problem? Have you ever been at a beautiful place and a bad place at the same time? Job is awesome, home is bad. Marriage is beautiful. Family's a mess. See? The text doesn't say whose idea it was to carry him there. We don't know if it was his idea or if it was his friend's idea. So, if I don't have enough spiritual sense to get myself to the temple gate, I need to make sure those who carry me will carry me to the right place. Mm. Here's the question that we got to ask ourselves. When I can't move, will my tribe, my family, my circle of friends, will they get me there? Will they carry me? When my life seems to be falling apart, will my friends help me? Because, let's be honest, some of your friends mean well, but they mean well. But they mean well, they aren't carrying you forward. As a matter of fact, some of them are, are taking you back. You're moving in the wrong direction by some people you're hanging out with. I'll move on from there. So if you want to experience breakthrough, you have to discover, here's the number one key, the power of number one, position. 
The man in John 5 experienced the healing and ministry of Jesus because he was in the right position. Okay? In Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus happened to be on the road that Jesus was traveling and got healed. Why? Because he was in the right place. The right position. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment position, if I can just get there. She said, I don't have to touch him. I just need to touch the hem. Right position. The hem of his garment. See, when you feel like you can't get to him, you need people who are touching him to stand in the gap and intercede on your behalf. Because I promise you, there have been times in my life where I didn't feel like I could touch him. The situation was so bad. I needed somebody to intercede for me. I don't care how spiritual you are here. There'll be times in your life when you think, I can't touch heaven. I need somebody to stand in the gap and intercede for me. You need people standing in that gap for you. See, because they were in the right place, here's what it is. It's the principle of, the, of environment. Your welfare, your well-being is not just impacted by who you are, but it's equally affected by where you are and what you're surrounded by. Environment, hear this, environment matters. Environment matters. That's why God spent five days creating the world or the environment and one day creating man. Think about that. He knew that man's well-being would be predicated on the environment he was in. He didn't create man, then grass. He created grass, then man. Because he knew in order for man to thrive, he needed to be in the right environment. There's something about being in the, you know, the correct environment that helps facilitate a sudden advance or development breakthrough. That's what helps develop a breakthrough, being in the right environment. Okay, so this man's at the temple gate. He's lame. We don't know if he was a Gentile or if he was a Jew. But here's the thing. He knew where to go. He came to the temple gates because why? There was power in that place. And he knew to go to a place isolated from people. Watch this. He had enough spiritual sense to go to a place where he would be alone. He knew if his condition was going to change, he couldn't get filled from people who were empty like he was. So every day, he watched people who had what he wanted. See, this lame beggar is teaching us something right here. He had enough spiritual sense not to be jealous of people he needed to receive from. How many times do we get in a place where I wish I had and you... And I wish I had comes into jealousy. Every day he watches people that didn't beg walk by him. So he had a choice. He had a choice. Listen, you have a choice. He could be jealous of the people that had stuff. He could be jealous of people that, you know, had, had what he didn't have. Or he could have enough spiritual sense to discern instead of be a hater. I need to know how to receive from people who might be a picture of possibility 
that the enemy is perverting to cause me to feel inferior. People that have what you don't have are people God puts in front of you. Because why? He wants you to see a picture of possibility. And we miss that. I've missed that several times. We miss that. He wants you to see breakthrough. You're not supposed to be jealous. You're supposed to be motivated. Because God's no respecter of persons. If he can do that for them, he can do it for me. God wants you to be motivated to pursue the miracle that God has for you. Here's what God's trying to do. He's trying to wake something up on the inside of you. Here's what, here's what I, I will bring my place to, my, my mind and my thinking and, and when, when I pray and when I read the Word. I want to allow exposure to increase my appetite. Allow exposure to other things to increase your appetite. Understand this, church. God isn't showing you something to torture you. Think about that. He's not showing you something you can't have. Look at there. You can't have it, but check it out. That's not the way God works. The Bible says every day they brought him to the temple gate. Every day. This paralyzed man is trying to teach us how to experience breakthrough every day. Not just every once in a while, every day. This brings me to key number two. Number two, you've got to be persistent. Not only do you need to be in the right place, you've got to be persistent. Every day he's coming to a place that gives him just enough to keep him coming back. Make it through the next day. Every day he's coming to a place that gives him only enough to make it through that day. Every day he's coming to a place that seems to only give him what he runs out of. Are you seeing that? Most people would give up on a place that only gives them a temporary supply. Listen, sometimes church, sometimes just going to church can feel that way. Think about that. That's why you always see empty blue chairs. I come Sunday, I get filled, but by Wednesday, I'm empty. I come Sunday, I get hope and motivation, but by Wednesday, life is taking it out of me. He keeps coming every day until his day comes because it's the power of persistence. Persistence is a major key right here. The test of your faith is not revealed in the abnormality of the obstacle that you're believing for. The test of your faith is revealed in the power of your persistence by not quitting, by not giving up on it. And how long you're willing to keep believing in something that only seems to supply you temporarily is up to you. What did Paul say about testing our faith? What does testing our faith do? What did Paul say? It works perfect patience. It works patience. Paul's saying your faith is going to be tested not by how big you can believe. And that's where a lot of us miss it. We're thinking, how, okay, how big can I, that's not it. But will you keep on believing every day when it seems like believing isn't working? Come on, have you ever been there? This isn't working. I've been believing. This isn't working. I know some of you sit out there, you've told me it personally. This isn't working, and I get it. 
Because it looks like it isn't. But I promise you, it is. Every day he has to keep coming for something that feels like is only supplying him just temporarily. But he persists because the lack of persistence breeds a sense of hopelessness. Somebody needs to hear that again. He persists because the lack of persistence breeds a sense of hopelessness. A theologian once said this, hopelessness is an indication of the premature anticipation of the non-fulfillment of the promises of God. That is so good. He said, hopelessness is an indication of the premature anticipation of the non-fulfillment of the promises of God. He said that whenever somebody is hopeless, they have a premature anticipation of non-fulfillment of the promises of God. So, whenever you cease to persist, you have anticipation of the non-fulfillment of the promises of God. Well, what does that mean, Oklahoma vernacular? Break it down for me where I can get that. You're anticipating God not fulfilling his promises prematurely. That's what it means. Well, why believe? I mean, this thing will never work anyway. If I put myself out there, I'm only going to be let down. You're anticipating God not fulfilling his promises. I don't know, but I mean, being a Christian for 44 years, I've never seen God break a promise. I don't know if anybody else has. I haven't. So why would we do that? Anticipate God not fulfilling his promise. This is the way persistent works. Persistence works. Every day he goes to that temple. Every day he watches worshipers walk by. But because he kept coming, because he was persistent, one day Peter and John walks by. Watch this. If you will persist in your life, one day Peter and John, the answer to your prayer. One day Peter and John, what you need will walk by. One day Peter and John walk by. When he sees Peter and John, he asks them for help. So he makes his request known. So, we've got the power of position, the power of persistence, and number three is the power of prayer. James says you have not because why? You ask not. Now, realize this. Maybe you want to write this down. The purpose of prayer is not just for notifying God of a need. God is not some genie in the bottle. And you rub it and you get your need met. Or you get your wish. That's not what God is. Or who God is. The purpose of prayer is to express your humility and faith toward God. That's the purpose of prayer. Are we praying for a breakthrough? Have we made our request known? Are we striving within our strength? Or are we requesting divine assistance for our lameness? Peter and John breaks it down to him. Peter and John's like, brother, look at us. He just, he flat breaks it down. Look at us. And the Bible says he gave them his attention. Power of position, power of persistence, power of prayer, and now number four, the power of perception. He gave them his attention. Listen, your life Follows your eyes. 
your faith rises to the level of what you see spiritually and physically. That's why we cannot be moved by what we see in the natural. You cannot be moved by what you see. I mean, how many of you said that? I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what the Word of God says. Amen? See, breakthrough occurs when you move your circumstance from the natural realm to the spiritual realm. You see that? As long as you keep your circumstances in the natural realm, you'll always depend on your ways and your thoughts to answer your need. It's when you take your circumstances and you begin to speak the word over them. And you trust God for your circumstances to be healed and to be set free. The word says his ways are what? Higher than our ways. His thoughts are what? Higher than our thoughts. The Bible says we can't comprehend with our infinite minds the way God wants to intervene in our circumstances, in our trials, in our infirmities. Allow yourself, church, to be in the right position. Be persistent with never-ending faith. You've got to pray and allow yourself the perception to see God answer your request. How many times do we put ourselves out there how many times do we go to the gate looking for Peter and John only to be disappointed? How many times? One day, they will walk by. One day, God will see your faith, your persistence, your prayer, and God will answer your need. See, here, here's, the th- here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm, I'm going to close my notes right here. When I was a young man, and I just experienced God in the presence of God and accepting Christ in my life, I began to learn about faith and what faith was, how to activate faith, how to move in faith. I mean, even at a young age, like 14 years of age. And, and somewhere along the line, The church has taken this faith thing and twisted it to make it all about prosperity. Now, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. There's nothing wrong with walking in all the God. And the church today has got so off balance with, with, you know, the money thing. But I began to just step into into the persistence of of being faithful and praying and learning about faith, that there came a place and time in my life where I I couldn't operate and I wouldn't, here's, I couldn't, I would not operate without praying about something first. Have you ever done that? I'm I'm not making a move. I'm not making a decision until I pray about it first. And then as I got a little bit older, I matured in Christ, and I got to know the word a little more. I got to read the word a little more. Pretty much began to lean on my own understanding. Well, you know, I, I know the word and I know the correct catchphrases to say. I know I'm blessed coming in and going out. And I learned that, and I don't really need to activate my faith as much because now what I know won't do diddly squat when it comes to faith. 
It's good you know that word, but it's better you know that author. And I mean, when I quote stuff now, I'm quoting the word. And here's another thing. And Riley, if you want to get ready, sweetie, go ahead and get ready. Okay, you ready? Um, Here's another thing. When it comes to believing God for something, don't just, how to say it, use the phrase, I I trust you, God, I believe you. You got to believe. It's more than just a word, believe. It's, It's an action. I'm believing God. I'm putting everything I have, God, into this. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to get everything I have into this. And don't ever get to a place like, like I, I got to one time in my life where I just, well, we were young Christians. You know, I, I'll take care of this myself. And, you know, mom tells a story when we were young Christians, an ice maker broke, and, and she goes, oh, my God, how much is that going to cost us? And, and she said, well, I'll just pray about it. She laid her hands and prayed on it, and the ice maker began to work again. And, you know, people say, well, you know, probably just a switch or something, you know, and something in there. But by faith, she believed. Don't just go from believing God for the ice maker to, you know, well, I'll just pay 50 bucks to get it fixed now. And we do that a lot as believers. We get to a, I don't know, call it get to a place. I would rather say we regress to a place where we're like, well, you know, do we really have to do everything by faith? Yes. Yes, yes, and then yes again. Everything is by faith. Walking out to my truck, hoping I don't fall again, is by faith. After the service is over. Everything you do has to be by faith. Close your eyes. How many here, and I'm going to raise my hand first, how many here you're believing for a breakthrough in some area of your life? Let me see your hand right now. Some area, okay. Here's what the Lord instructed me to do. To ask that question and then to apply faith to it. And so what we're going to do, I'm just going to say a prayer, but I want you to extend your faith with my prayer. And whatever area you have need of, whatever area you need you had that breakthrough, you need to see that breakthrough in, I believe you're going to have it. I believe you're going to have it today. I believe it's going to manifest before you leave this building. Because according to the word, it does. It does. Well, you know, what if I don't see it? What if you do? By faith. Don't regress. It's by faith. And so we're going to believe. And I believe, I I believe as soon as early as this afternoon, people are going to text me, Facebook through happen. Whatever you want to do. Hey. My breakthrough happened. By this week, my breakthrough happened. By the end of this month, my breakthrough happened. And realize this. Don't get frustrated if, you know, you don't see your breakthrough within a year. Don't don't get frustrated. I am the most, I promise you. Well, probably not the most. I used to be probably the most impatient person in this building. You know, I wanted my McDonald's drive-thru yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I want, it, I want to see results. I wanted it yesterday. But as I've gotten older, and hopefully a little more mature, God has showed me that, you know, sometimes 
things have to happen in other people's lives before the breakthrough can take place in your life. So realize this, sometimes God has to orchestrate some things to go on in other people's lives before you can experience it in your own life. And sometimes the blessing is so big and the breakthrough is so big that he's preparing you to handle it. And that's the way I like to look at it. This is going to be so awesome. It's going to be so good. It's just taking a little time for God to prepare some things. Don't let the enemy lie to you when it comes to breakthrough. But I want to pray, and I want you to just put yourself in agreement. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I put myself in agreement? It's pretty simple. Just, Lord, I agree with what he's saying. I agree with that prayer. I agree that's going to take place in my life. I agree that I'm going to see the breakthrough that I need to see. And I believe you'll experience it. Because here's the thing. God didn't tell me to preach this message and do that altar call if he wasn't ready to do some breakthrough in your life. Amen? So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every person that raised their hand, that needs to see a breakthrough, that needs to experience your power in an area of their life. Father, you know what the need is. And Father, the most awesome thing in the world is you've already prepared us to receive it. You're already doing it on our behalf. Father, everything we'll ever have need of is inside of us. And Father, that's your son. And because he lives there and because he dwells there, Lord, we're going to experience major breakthrough. Lord, I thank you. It's for some it will be soon. For some it will be maybe instantaneous. But Lord, I thank you for all. It will happen. Breakthrough will happen. Father, I'm just being simply obedient to what you told me to do. So right now, I speak breakthrough. I speak breakthrough power over you. I speak that you walk through it this week and you experience it. It's happening right now in your life. The Lord would tell me to tell you that. It's happening right now. God says, I'm doing it right now. Now, by faith, you receive it. By faith, you walk in it. And by faith, you will see it. In Jesus' name. All of God's people said? Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. I can't wait.